We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Home and home. Is there going to be a lawsuit filed on behalf of Mason Rudolph against Miles Garrett? Let's ask Darren Heitner, sports attorney, Check him out at Heitner Legal. Darren, great to have you on the program. Uh, first off, Mason Rudolph responded on Twitter to the allegation, quote, 1,000% false, bold-faced lie. I did not, have not, and would not utter a racial slur. This is a disgusting and reckless attempt to assassinate my character. Does that sound to you like legal action is forthcoming? Well, good morning, gentlemen. So the use of keywords like reckless and assassination of character are certainly calculated by both Mason and his agent, who also happens to be a lawyer. And you can even look to his agent's tweets that also use language that are sincerely calculated uh, for a defamation cause of action should they decide to bring one. Now, we don't know whether or not Mason will just drop this or actually litigate, but certainly he and his agent have thought about it because they were very careful <laughs> as to the language that they included in their tweets. And look, Mason is a public figure. I don't think that there's any doubt whatsoever that if you're in the National Football League, and in particular, if you're at the quarterback position, you are a public figure. So it would make his defamation claim a bit harder than a normal defamation claim brought by a private figure. But again, these are things that will need to be hashed out only if a lawsuit is filed, and we're not sure whether there will be one or not. All right, so Darren, let's talk turkey then. What would the lawsuit be? Is there any precedent for it? What could damages be? What are we talking here? So there's a lot of precedent with regard to defamation actions. And in particular, this would be a slander action because we're talking about commentary that was uttered orally as opposed to in written, which would be libel. So that's the distinction there. If he were to bring a claim, he'd have to, one, show that there was a publication, which obviously there was because Miles Garrett went on national TV. Not sure quite why he needed to, but he did it. Um, there, it would have to be a false statement of fact, which obviously Mason Rudolph is taking the position that Miles Garrett is being untruthful in stating that uh, Mason Rudolph uh, said a racial slur. And there needs to be reputational harm, which goes to the assassination of character reference in Mason Rudolph's tweet. But in addition to that, as I mentioned, because he's a public figure, Mason Rudolph would have to show that Miles Garrett had actual malice in, in saying that false statement of fact, that Mason Rudolph uttered a uh, racial slur. And that goes to an issue of intent. So if Miles Garrett truly believes that Mason Rudolph said it, then you can't show that he knew that it was a false statement or that there was reckless disregard. And I think that's really where, what this boils down to. It's a very difficult claim to make because even if Mason Rudolph didn't say it, Miles Garrett seems to be committed to this position that he said it. And so while he may not have any backup that he, that he actually said it, can Mason Rudolph 
essentially prove a negative. And that's the, that's the complex part of this. Miles Garrett said that it was uttered while they were going down. Was there anyone in close proximity that heard what they said? And would the crowd noise and everything else that got in the way probably interrupt what anyone heard? I think it's a very, very difficult case to prevail on. Heitner with us. Check him out, HeitnerLegal.com. What is the burden of proof here? And is this simply a civil issue? Could there be anything criminal involved? No, I think this is strictly a civil issue. I, I can't imagine that there was any sort of criminal action that was, that was taken. Um, and certainly that wouldn't be up to Miles Garrett to bring. That would be up to a prosecutor. And I, I, again, I can't envision that occurring. So we're talking about civil, a civil case and potentially monetary damages. The burden is on the plaintiff. The burden would be on Mason Rudolph to prove, as I mentioned, all the elements of a defamation claim and, importantly, that actual malice element. And I think that's the incredibly difficult part of all this. Unless there's some smoking gun out there, perhaps Miles Garrett admitted to somebody else that this was all fabricated, in that circumstance, absolutely. Mason Rudolph would have a slam-dunk case. But without that... I think he'd have a very tough time proving actual malice. And without that key element in a public figure defamation case, the case will ultimately fail. Mason Rudolph may be able to get past the motion to dismiss phase, maybe get into some discovery, but there's probably not much to discover unless there were some microphones that would capture any of the audio. And we don't, we're not aware of any of that. So it sounds like, Darren, your recommendation would be, hey, Mason, this stinks but it'd be a waste of time to try to go down the lawsuit route. You know, I, I, I think Mason and his agent did the right thing in responding publicly and identifying the elements of a defamation action, but I also at this point is probably to let it go. Uh, by responding, they're doing what they can to rehabilitate the reputational harm that's allegedly been caused by Miles Garrett. What I can't understand is why Miles Garrett would not only double down, but essentially triple down. He first said this in the appeal hearing, then uh, reiterated it in a tweet, and now after being reinstated, once again uh, supported this, this claim in the national media. So I don't quite understand his position. I do understand what Mason and his agent have done. But, yeah, I think the best thing is move on, hope Miles Garrett doesn't bring this up again, and play football. Sports attorney Darren Heitner with us. Darren, how does it help Miles Garrett's potential case that former GM John Dorsey says that Garrett told him immediately after the game and that he also told defensive tackle Larry Ogunjobi? Uh, again, I think it goes to the very key element of actual malice. He, he did not believe that he was uttering a false statement in saying that Mason Rudolph uh, said a racial slur and there's no reckless disregard for the truth. That's the, key, that's the key element here in a public figure defamation case. So if Miles Garrett is committed to his position, which, again, he's tripled down at this point. He said it over and over again, this is what I heard. Well, he believes that's what he heard, and even though that may not be true, it doesn't rise to the level of actual malice. So I do believe, as you mentioned, those two key pieces of, pieces of evidence, I think, would weigh very heavily in Miles Garrett's favor should a lawsuit be brought by Mason Rudolph. Last one for me, Darren. Always appreciate the time. 
is, is there any logic in your mind? And I know you help represent and advise a lot of players. Is there any logic you can think of to Miles Garrett doing this standalone interview last week and once again bringing this up and once again bringing this back into the public forum? Is there any logic or reasoning that makes any sense in your mind? From a standpoint, absolutely not. And even from a public relations standpoint, I sincerely question the logic in having him appear and say this for the third time. That said, my assumption is whomever it is that the on the public relations side said we need to rehabilitate our own reputation. So, so putting aside Mason Rudolph and any reputational harm that would potentially be caused by going out there and speaking publicly on ESPN, Miles Garrett, you need to rehabilitate your own reputation and, and provide an excuse for the terrible act in the place. I heard you speaking before I came on. I agree. I don't think even if there was a racial slur that was uttered that it provided any justification afterward. I, I assume something to try to justify what you did. And, again, I don't get it because it came in such close proximity to him being reinstated by the league, which is a very positive event. I think he should have just moved on. With us, sports attorney uh, Darren. Before you go, real briefly, I don't know if you've studied the uh, case, the uh, pitcher, former pitcher who's suing the Houston Astros. His name is Mike Bolsinger. He is suing the Astros because of the sign stealing scandal. He says um, he came in the game that sign stealing scandal. They crushed him and essentially ended his major league baseball career as we know it. Does that lawsuit have any legs? Does any lawsuit against the Houston Astros related to that sign-stealing scandal have any legal legs? That's going to be a very tough one. I am familiar with the case. Um, I do think there is a potential that it gets past the initial phase of any sort of motion practice to try to dismiss the lawsuit because obviously we know that the sign-stealing issue took place, that individuals outside of the Astros organization were negatively affected. I think the, the biggest issue here is causation. But for this occurring on that particular day, would this pitcher have stayed in Major League Baseball? And what was his earning potential had he stayed? How long would he have stayed? There's so many unknowns and so much speculation required in this type of case that ultimately I don't think it is a winner. But perhaps if it gets past the motion to dismiss phase, it's something that the defendants would want to throw some money at just so that, one, they don't have to spend their own money in defending the case, and two, they don't have to open themselves up to additional discovery. Yeah, now, Bolsinger was struggling around that time, but did appear that outing in which he was knocked around by the Astros did appear to end his career. I always thought, Darren, that lawsuit would stand better as a class action. There are a lot of pitchers who may have claims. Would that be potential if they group together and form some sort of class action suit against the Astros? Interesting question. I don't know that they would necessarily be certified as a class by a court. Obviously, that's one of the first steps that's necessary in a, in a class action lawsuit. Um, you know, they would all be pitchers, as you mentioned, but commonality would be a concern because all these have to face these batters are obviously 
they have different skill sets, uh, different histories, and different projections. And so I think there would be some difficulty in certifying that that class for this particular issue. It's it, it can be distinguished from the minor league class action that we've seen with regard to the payment of wages, because there, obviously, there is uniformity with regard to the lack of payment, um, and there is a ceiling on, on which they would be paid. Here, there's such disparity between the various individuals who would be suing. So I think there may be a, an issue on certifying the class, which would take up a considerable amount of time. Good stuff. Darren Heitner, sports attorney. Check him out at heitnerlegal.com. Great to have you on the show. Appreciate the analysis. Hi, everyone. This is Dave Briggs. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home Podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day from 8.30 to 10.30 a.m. exclusively on the radio.com app or at radio.com slash home. Home and Home. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 